Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Ben Slinger. Yeah, I'm here. We're yeah. doing this again. I'm not going to keep that gap in there because that was <laughs> too long and too much. To that was dramatic it. tension, Trevor. And now that I've said it, you have to keep it in because <laughs> I referred to it. <laughs> Damn you. And I refer to it too. Oh, I can't be bothered cutting all this stuff out. So anyway, we're going to play a few rounds of click pitch. This is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three to one click, we're each going to get a new adjective and a noun each. And uh, we're going to throw them together. And we make a wonderful game sandwich. I was just thinking sandwich. I think yeah, we both must be hungry. Hungry. It is uh, 10 so to 10 at night, so slam, midnight snack time. <laughs> slam those uh, words together as the bread and- Grand sandwich. Inside will yep. be all the gameplay. Mmm, gameplay. Mmm, gameplay. Let's do it. Indeed. So, three, two, one, gameplay. Buck, emotion. Repulsive, soul. Ooh, repulsive, soul. Okay. I mean, I saw Repulsive Soul and I immediately thought of, this is someone who's been sent back to Earth Mm -hmm. for redemption, but they're utterly repulsive. Yeah, they're they're just not a nice person. Nobody- Mm. Wait, hang on. So, are they not a nice person or is it just their soul that is repulsive? Is there something about them that people just go, oh, there's just something about them? Mm. I'm not too sure (laughs) whether- Just to make it even- even harder Worse to put for that these person. things together. <laughs> the soul has a soul stank. Like, it's just, it's rather stank. Soul stank, yeah. <laughs> the technical term for it, too. They use that up in heaven. Yeah. That's why they kicked you back. It's like, oh, that's all stanky. Send it back down. Needs, needs some more time. All right. No, we can do, we can do someone who's been sent back. Do they remember? They, like, did they die and then did they have near death experience, basically, or? I'm thinking that it's one of these things where the the body that they that they died in is already gone. Like it's it got buried mm-hmm. or burnt or whatever. So they've come down into someone else who died just recently and they're now having to do that sort of, you know, um switch thing of they're living in someone else's body. Living and- someone else's life. Okay. <laughs> I, I go straight towards sort of the bureaucracy of heaven and how this comes about. Like, is is this something that happens often or was this sort of a mistake or like their soul was just literally so stanky that for the first time ever they they sent them back and said, oh, we'll just put them in that body of the person who just died. Yeah. And give, give them give them the chance to, to cleanse that soul and, and, you know, get it unstankified. Okay. All right. So- and- and one of the things that you get is you get a manual that says how to unstankify a soul. Right. They just sort of find it in their pocket. Yeah. All right. So, I think the person whose body they have inhabited, his name is mm-hmm. Buck. Yes. Love it. Uh, and- And he loves to fuck. <laughs> and he's a huge cuck. Um, he's, he's got like a yellow- Utility. Well, no, no, no. Wait, wait. Thing, wait. and it's we, got pussy wagon before, written on no, the back. Before of we it. disparage Buck too much, <laughs> I think if if whoever was pre- whoever sold, I'm this doing is- a Kill Bill reference. That's all right. I, that's I didn't get the reference, but whatever. Um, I think the I think Buck needed to have been an upstanding person because then when 
whoever, uh, who we should name, gets put into this body, there's a big difference. And everyone's treating him like, you know, this nice person. He's not used to it. I'm not sure whether I should say this name or not, but Jean Ralphio. (laughs) 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 Well, now you've tainted the whole thing. Because it's perfect, though. I think it's perfect. I mean, I don't know how stanky John Raphael's soul would be, because he's generally good-hearted, even though he's, like, completely obnoxious. But Mm. um, I do love the idea (laughs) of this, like, maybe 52-year-old man, Buck, who had this, what everyone believes is a near-death experience, like, Mm -hmm. was brought back from a heart attack, is suddenly, like... I'm going to get me some tacos. (laughs) (laughs) It's like completely off the rails with ridiculous ideas and getting up in people's faces. Yep. I know. It it just, (laughs) it it calls out for, for like so much, so many awesome scenes, but I'm not sure whether it's gameplay related. So maybe I, maybe we, we have step not back. found a game here yet. We have not maybe found we a game ste- here. Maybe yet. we step back to John Ralphio. Okay. That's fine. But but the character <laughs> is still voiced by Ben Schwartz. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh he can he, he can tone it down a little. Um yeah. you know, do more of his sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so game. So, what's play. the game? What's the game? Um, First person? Because I feel like there's yeah. some interesting stuff there around your eye, like waking up in the literal head then of someone else. Yeah, and you and you got the whole lost thing of the of the eye opens and you know <clears throat> so like a, the the cameras on the eye goes back and then you're you're within the head sort of thing. Yeah, you know, I can sort of see that that whole thing of you just instantly wake up and you're yeah. in a hospital bed. Yes. And 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 there's like your daughter is there or Buck's daughter is there. Yeah. Immediately. Um, but what's Buck's last name? Rogers. No. Fredrickson? <laughs> Fredrickson is like my go-to name. Um <laughs> sure, Buck Fredrickson. Yeah. Cuz that kind of just rolls off the rolls off the Yeah. Line. Sure. And he's he's really good friends call him Ricky from Fredrickson. They just yeah. Um <laughs> I'm imagining that our character, like, really, really likes the look of this this girl. Oh, God. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. But yes, perfect. And then realizes- Because he doesn't even realize calling the relationship. Dad, that, oh, literally, this is this is my daughter in this body. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, hang on. <laughs> hang on. Because how long, bef- how, how long does it even take him to realize what's happened? Or was oh, he, he hasn't told? seen himself. He hasn't seen well, himself. Well, this is the and- thing. So, so, does he just think- he had this horrible dream about going up to heaven and then kicking him out. And yep. then he wakes up in the hospital. It's like, oh, I'm actually alive. Oh, and there's this hottie mm. sitting next to me. Who's this? Like, starts coming onto it because that's totally his his vibe. And adds to the stankiness of it because it's like, oh, this yes. is just wrong. Um, yeah. I mean, what game, what good game doesn't start off with some unintentional incest? I mean, come on. Game of the year right there. <laughs> <laughs> But thing is, I- I'm just imagining that this brochure or this book that you've got mm, that mm. actually says how to destankify a soul, yeah, um, or whatever I said before. Um, I think it was it. Uh, there's like lines that that are 
crossed off as as you go through. And it's it's yeah. about learning to become a better person who doesn't objectify people, who doesn't- Yeah, who doesn't just look out for themselves, who cares, you know, yeah. has empathy for and other people, shows their emotions. So, I think the gameplay comes in in the fact that you are going out- um, anytime, I think the, f- the first little part of the, of the game, you, you, you can sort of go out and, you know, get drunk or do whatever you want, but you kind of get slammed in the face by this book anytime that you, then you go to like not do something that is, that is furthering the, um, yeah, furthering the desanctification. If you leave it behind, like you'll, you'll go, you know, a hundred meters away and then suddenly it'll smack you in the back of the head. And the that's the first whatever. time. The next time it comes out of your mouth. You don't want to know where it comes out the third time. <laughs> Does the book- um, Big and thick like a Bible? Yes. D- well, geez, that's a lot of stuff, but um, yeah, that's fine. Does it's it full of empty kinda, pages. Is it, is it somewhat- <laughs> just big and thick. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, and this could come into it. I, is it- does it talk to him through the, like, writing? Like, he'll open to a page in the book and there'll be, it, like, the first line he reads is like, don't do that again because you're not going to like where it comes out the third time. Right? Yep. Like, but it's it's still written in that way of, like, he opens the page and it's, and it, you know, it's like, the second time you uh, leave your book behind, it's still written as if it's this instruction manual, but it's always super accurate to the situation. So, this is where it becomes somewhat, like- the Stanley parable or something like that in the fact that the, the book is narrating the story as it's going. Um, and I, I think it's- did kind of have that, have, have that in mind, yeah. And- Do you think it's voiced though? Uh, I think you can- uh, There's something that actually happens that, you know, he- um, You know, Ben Schwartz starts compl- complaining that he can't keep on opening this book and looking back at it. Like, there's got to be something better. And all of a sudden, it turns into, like, an audio book. A voice in his head. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, that's good. It, tu- it, tu- it turns into, like, an old 80s set of headphones that he can put over the head with a metal band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the old Sony Walkman. The Sony Walkman. The, the yellow yeah, one. Sort of stuff. Yeah, the yellow one. We need a name for the, sk- the stanky character. Um, Shh. Sean? Sean. There you go, yes. Sean. Sean. Now, S-E-A-N or S-H-A-U-N? S-H-E-A-N. Oh! <laughs> ben Slinger coming in with the with the hot takes. <laughs> he changed it. He changed it just to be more obnoxious. Yeah. Okay. So, he's he's having to learn to, to live in, in Buck's body. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm seeing, like- I think maybe Buck is a widower. Yes. Because I feel just narratively him sort of finding himself and then potentially even having- An estranged son could actually, you know, the whole whole reconnect actually reflects on the fact that Sean and his father didn't get along. So, it's like- And I think you definitely- Position draw some like- parallels between Sean yeah. and this estranged son and the way that they behaved. And then Sean in Buck's body sees the results of it on his daughter and on the other people, you know, I mean, on himself, obviously, even though he doesn't necessarily care for the son at this point, but uh, he starts to see the repercussions of that. Yes. Yeah. I kind of want to put in there some things about like what Buck gets up to. Got up to before he he passed on. Yes. Um, I think that he did have like an active church life, but it's not the kind of church that you 
you kind of would normally associate because he was actually a Satanist. <laughs> he was a, he was in the Church of Satan. Yeah. Um, um being just, just the like the actual church. The like, human the actual the humanists like most society, yeah. you know. Yes. Um, um so you know, it's sort of like it's one of these things where you can sort of say that like they're just in it for yeah, I think I think you very much make him. And you, we can very much make him a, uh, somewhat along that cliched line of community-minded, uh, you know, um, very selfless. But let's keep the actual like spiritual and, religion and, as, out of it. As as like there are people out there who you know are lovely people and uh, into what some people would would misconstrue as like a religion that is like totally right out there, but. In reality, they're just like everyone else. They're they're just looking yeah, for something yeah. to believe in, and well, yeah. And I mean, we, we where can to get certainly the go. We can certainly have some explanations in there around the Church of Satan and what they actually do and represent, because they they picked their name to be controversial, yes, um, and to make a satirical point. But yes, uh, in in reality, they in they reality, still, it's it's you know, all they, about. They don't believe in evil and all that sort of stuff. You yes. know, it's it's all about doing doing the right thing. <laughs> yes, and human rights and such. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I like that, uh, and only just because it gives him that community mindedness and and like a large sort of um, circle of people to varying levels of sort of connection. Without, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of thinking that, thing. that maybe you know he. He did have troubles. Uh, Buck did have troubles with the bottle at one stage. So there's there's like a AA meeting that he has to go to, and that mm. sort of impacted on on his relationship with his son and all this sort of stuff. And just having to go to these meetings and having to having to go to these little these little things and share, like mm. Sean actually has so to start sharing his own life. How do and- we play it out? Because you know, obviously, we've gone fairly deep on the narrative again, and we talked about so gameplay wise, we've just talked about first person. We've talked about narrative and, and, and narration, sort of mechanic. Yes, a la Stanley Parable in a way. Yeah, um, and and that that sort of brings into um, you know, it's telling you what you should be doing, and if so, you yeah, I think is don't main- do that, you get punished. Well, do you get punished, or do you just sort of get taught a lesson, I suppose, in some way. You get taught a lesson in a very painful way. So, it's not- (laughs) Well, I don't don't think it should be punitive, though. Like, I think it needs to make a point. Like, I think this book- I mean, the book is literally trying to tell you how- (laughs) Right through your sternum. (laughs) I don't think- I don't think the book- I don't think destangifying a soul necessarily involves just a lot of pain and whatever. Like, my point is, I think- that when you do something wrong, I don't know whether the book gives you another chance to do it right or, you know, tells you what you should have done and you have a little conversation there. Like, there needs to be some sort of- And, and again, specifically from a mechanics point of view, you could have it be, oh, do that, do it right this time. Um, yeah. You know, the book's got this what, power. What, I, what I think is there is effectively a test always in progress mm. in which you must get- 75% or higher mark. Yeah. Okay. So, the the idea that if you hit enough of these good points along the way- So, basically, you're, you're going to- Yeah, you're, you're going like to have, like, a series end. of interactions that you're being rated on. You don't necessarily find out the rating until, you know, the actual end point of that sort of section. Yeah. But you you are going to know whether you did well or not. It's just- 
Yeah. And I, I think what gives it a pass mark is you got 50, 50% or higher, yep, that you pass. But then, you know, you sort of got a grading after that that, that gives you extra points. Yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be challenging to write. It'd be hard to not come off as preachy around here is the 100% best way you should interact with other people in life. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think you could, you could write something there, um, that had some decent- I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you how you get a hundred percent. Yeah. Don't be a total ass hat. That, that's, that's like the best motto that you can ever- I like- mean, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I mean, and maybe it is more around taking points off. So in other words, if you, if you are good to people, if you, if you have actually learned that, you know, it's not all about you and- you treat people with dignity, you're going to pass. Like, that's that's pretty much- Yeah, I'd just be- I, I think there would be some challenges there where you take off points for- Like, depending on how granular these points are, right? You'd have to be pretty clear that, like, this is a bad thing to do, even if- Like, there are, there are grey areas, right? I wouldn't- that That's what I meant by- It could start feeling a bit preachy of, like, you know- Oh, well, I thought act- acting a little bit aggressive there was the right thing to do because they were kind of, they were being shitty and standing up for yourself is maybe, you know, a good thing. But the game thought actually, no, ever being aggressive is bad or whatever. Like, well, actually, I was, I was thinking we could go along the good place way of thinking of, no, you got, you got marked down because you had almond milk and that's bad for the environment. <laughs> Right, okay, you go full-on satirical with it like that, so the system is actually broken itself. I don't know, I feel like then that's counterintuitive or counteractive to uh, actually making a good point. Anyway, I think we've gone off the rails. I think we've gone long enough on this one, so let's click again. What a repulsive soul. Cleared puncture. Distasteful custom. Okay. This distasteful custom- is in this society, it's like a um, maybe a seafaring society of some Ooh, sort. Yep, yep. And when they need okay, to ex- is when it they need on to this planet someone, or is it? A- well, we'll figure that out. But the way point was when they need to exile someone, they put a big inflatable rubber tube around them, and then yep. they just puncture one side, and they go off away from their ship or society or like their their, their um, town or whatever. And uh, they're exiled, and that's how they send them off. Okay. So, that's a starting point. That's a starting point. Okay. Are you a newly exiled person, or are you someone who has just been- um, Who has just had to exile someone? I think- Because I kind of like the survival aspect. You kind of like what? I kind of like the survival aspect. Yeah. What I was thinking You've just been kicked off, and you're now- yeah, having to survive on your Can own. Can this and- be, and I know you don't like um, management games. I'm not going saying go in that direction, but a bit of a like town building game in a sense where, yes, initially it's sort of a survival aspect, but the goal is like you start quickly actually building up the town and, and you're essentially creating your own town now and people come in and inhabit the houses that you've built and then help you build new things. So there is a lot of like- Building placement and maybe even Come some live in Exileville. <laughs> maybe some economy stuff could be interesting, like- But from a first-person view or third okay. person. Um, uh, so, kind of kind of like a survivalist game like Valheim? Yeah, actually, my mind did kind of go to Valheim. I haven't played a ton of that, but but you know, I, I think 
Um, where you are, more, bu- you are more, building like a, a village. Modern. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're going like, obviously, like modern day technology, but, you know, perhaps even to the point of kind of um, like 1800s or something like you can eventually you're building like cobblestone streets and pl- like you know, potentially getting to the point of plumbing or um, maybe even basic see, electricity. Right. See, my thought was obviously where you've come from is a very seafaring community. Yes. And you've been exiled to land. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so what is the reason why the seafaring, uh, seafar- seafaring community yeah. do not live on the land anymore? What is, what is their key reason for not wanting to live on the land? Uh, I is think- Is it fear of attacks? Is it- I mean, I think they're nomadic in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I think maybe they, maybe there is bad blood there with the people on the land. Um, Maybe in a bit of a like, um, what was the race in Mass Effect? Is it the um, Tarians or no? What are they called? The um, with the masks and stuff, and they they are a nomadic tribe. The way they've got the fleet or whatever. Yep, I um, forgot. Yeah, you know. anyway, Krogans. No, no, the, the Krogans are the big. No, I'm talking about the one that with the masks. That yes, can't breathe the- they can't breathe the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah I've forgotten what they are. Yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, they're, they're, they've been exiled from their home or like, or have left their home and they are nomadic in that way. So something along those lines, like there's essentially this, you know, huge fleet of ships where sometimes they'll go off on their own. Sometimes they'll come back. They're sort of these floating towns as such. Um, but they stay out in the ocean because they no longer want to associate with people on the land because of, you know, a history of, of war or, or, the original people who were exiled then created that seafaring civ- like t- civilization. Yeah. Um, and it'd be kind of cool if you could do a little bit of investigation to find out that, you know, they were only seafaring because they were originally exiled from, from, from like the land. The land yeah. yeah. And now they're exiling people back to the land. And it's, it's it all comes back to one comes back. guy who, it, and it turns out it was an accident, but someone just, pierced his inner tube and he went flying out to sea and was never seen again. And he was like, well, fuck, I guess they don't want me then. I'll start my own town. <laughs> I'll start my own town with blackjack and hookers. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so that sort of over, I don't know, a thousand years then, like just became this split and he convinced more people or like, you know, to, to come over and told them the story of how, you know, the people on the land are horrible and, and sent him out to sea, but now he's surviving on his own. And they're, so they've got this real sort of survivalist nomadic feel to them. Um, okay. How about this? About halfway through the game, um, you're on this island and you think that you're, you're relatively alone. You've got a couple of other exiled, like, people who, who sort of come and you sort of build, like, this village. You, when you go exploring, like, at one point there's, like, an earthquake and, and a pass opens in the mm. mountains or something like that. You breach through to the other side and there's, like, a huge, like, vibrant like city modern city that is, like, full on, you know, technologically advanced yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Because it's been a thousand years since the original guy got sort of moved on, and they're all- I'm, I'm wondering one of two ways, whether it's an abandoned city, mm. and you're now finding out what actually happened to this other this other group, which is why you haven't seen them in your lifetime. All right. Okay. Can we go down- a, I, I see but What, I, what I like about that is that you can then sort of 
um, salvage. You can then sort of like have yeah, salvage sort of things of obviously you don't know the technology and that sort of stuff, but you can at least take some of the stuff from there. But yeah, because the idea of walking through a deserted city, yeah. In first well, person, I, that is just- Particularly in this sort of- So, it reminds me a little bit of, like, a Subnautica or something too, right? But I think- I, I very much like the idea of kind of combining a village builder of sorts. Mm-hmm. Like a settlers or, you know, whatever. So, I think I think by halfway through the game, you've probably got quite a lot of people. You've probably got, like, 40 or 50 people in this city. And they've all got jobs. Yeah. And, like, but you're viewing from fir- first or third person or whatever. And it's like, oh, there's the baker going off and, you know, picking up the flour from the, the mill. Like, and you've set up all these things. Um, yeah. Or at least told them where to build them and stuff. And so, that's going to be very much your town. But it is more in this sort of pre, you know, technological um, or, or, or pre-modern technology sense. And then, yes, I think there's an event of some kind, you know, once your population reaches a certain level or whatever, and it opens up into this abandoned city and you realise, oh, right, there's this whole history here, you know, we're maybe actually in the year 3500 or something and and most of humanity Doesn't even have to be on this planet. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. Um, But the the equivalent of, I suppose. One of the things I was thinking about was that there is no one left on, on- in this civilization, like- The modern civilization. Uh, yeah, from the yes. modern civilization. It's almost as if, and you may be able to find this out in game, I'm not sure whether we're going to go down this route, but they've all uploaded themselves to the cloud. Oh, yeah. Sort okay. of thing. And that it's a it's a completely digital yeah. uh, civilization yet now that, you know, they had no no need for their physical bodies anymore. They're just living, living forever so in this- And so you some of them then- or do you just find remnants that say, oh, they're all living in the big mainframe that's, like, stored deep under the earth or something or whatever it is in this entirely virtual um, matrix-like I, I'm, world? I'm sort of almost uh, almost seeing, you know, a, a lot of references to the collective mm. or something like that. That is, you know, a big event that was coming up and, you know, mm-hmm. this Tuesday- um, you know, make right. sure that you- <laughs> Okay, so you got like- You do like environmental storytelling sort of stuff. Yeah, a little bit of so environmental storytelling and- how far and- do you go? Because we definitely need to balance if we are doing the kind of city building stuff- And and the exploration and stuff. And the exploration stuff. So, I think in general, I don't think there's a lot of like combat or anything. Like, I think it's a peaceful city building for the most part so that you can be pretty safe in- going off for an extended period of time to explore. Um, And you know that your city is just going to be running pretty well, you know, by the time you get back. Maybe the because you haven't quite balanced things right, there's a huge stockpile of flour because it can't be used enough for the baker or, you know, whatever. Um, Like, they're they're literally not smart enough to to actually go, oh, well, if you actually- did a bit more of these ingredients than you could actually, you know, build these other things. And well, and again, know, I guess it just it depends re- on how you. It's how because you-, you never actually researched and worked out pizza. That <laughs> yeah. they they never turned it. Realized that you know not just bread, but you could also make you know pizza dough and yeah, all these other you know croissants, all these other things like the flour. And yeah. <laughs> just, just imagine all these all these bakery goods that you can <laughs> <laughs> go down. I mean, if you essentially. Like, if you've got the resources to make the assets, why not make mix it up a bit? Um, have, have like, 30 um, different recipes that they can be- I, I think that there anyway, are yes. a couple of 
a couple of um, unusual sort of things that sort of point at that there is something bigger happening. Mm. Like there's a there's a cave that you can sort of go into that that has similar technology to what you find on the ship and all that sort of stuff. And it's like yeah, on this well, side of the island, you you find like a bit more doing, of the technology. I like doing this stuff. as uh, a real balance. And again, in a sort of subnautical way, I feel like you can balance between, okay, you're often going back to the village, you know, you've found something new. It's like, okay, now I've got this new technology that's unlocked. All right, let's set up a little thing here. All right, that system's running pretty smoothly. Like now we've got, you know, an improved water pump or whatever because we found the recipe somehow um, or a new type of metal or, or whatever. But then, yes, you go off exploring again. And once you, once this city opens up, that opens up a whole new tree of technologies that you can then go back and implement in your town. But uh, like including some that will make it much more likely to, much more able to run in your absence, I think, Mm -hmm. further allowing you to then explore even further each time for longer. Uh, Cause it's all about the length of time that you're away. Yeah, yeah, but both, both just being able to see more. And I think we can even, if we see, if it's fully like sort of futuristic technology from our point of view, then we can start bringing in like, oh, we turned, we powered this thing up and now we can like teleport back to near the town or something so that you can easily then extend your range. And, and something that you sort of, that you've built your town around maybe is actually, right. It's part yeah. of this technology. Like you thought it was just like a, a weird, you know, a weird rock or whatever. A weird, yeah, standing stone sort of thing, but that yeah, had a I hole like the in the idea middle. That you've and got this like- big fountain in the middle of your town um, that's sort of a big, I don't know, hexagonal <laughs> shape. Yeah. Uh, and you've built this fountain around it. And yeah, when you power up this thing in the town and sort of point it in that general direction, it just like, life, like a fucking stargate opens up basically <laughs> in the middle of your <laughs> whoosh. Takes out half the town. Uh, <laughs> Take, takes out a kid's head. <laughs> it's like, oh. oh. Um, but yes, now you can essentially travel. Um, I really like that idea. I like that combination of of uh, environmental storytelling and, and survival and city building sort of survival stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a few interesting mixes there because I know Valheim does the survival stuff from third person like that. Um, but I don't know if it's got the, I don't think it's got the economy stuff. Like I like that idea of bringing in some of that economy stuff, which is very popular in those village builders or city builders. Um, not my cup of tea, but I'd be in it for the exploration and all that sort of stuff. Well, and okay. Here's another thought then is in multiplayer. It could be, or, or you can just like set up like a tax man who goes uh, goes around and sort of does does all the accounting and and stuff and does <laughs> like, like it's like an person. easy mode that, that <laughs> well I was more just thinking that like then you could at least if someone's more into the city building stuff they can you know hang around and 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 tweak all the economies and locations of things and paths that people are taking and then someone who's more into the exploration can be going off on these uh expeditions and things okay um, um I want to do something that we haven't done here before. Okay. Um, I'm going to be playing a character called Gary. You're <laughs> okay. going to be playing a character called Barry. Okay. And we're playing Gary. this multiplayer. I'm I'm, a, oh, I'm an explorer type. Are we the characters we're, in the game or we're no, the players of the we're game? We're the players of the video game. It's okay. Like, we're, so, we're in our Discord chat. On a Discord, Discord chat. It's like, uh, so, Barry. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
you right to like do all this stuff here because I just want to go off and explore and shit. Yeah, yeah, look. Uh yeah, I've got I need to set up the whole fucking iron smelting thing again since we got yep, that new you technology. Just do you. I'm gonna go off and explore. Yeah, okay. Cut to well, twenty I mean, minutes later. It. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, this hang, on, hang on a sec, hang on a sec, hang on a sec. Alright, sorry, I just had to finish yeah. building that last fucking path. Alright, uh, so I think it's working. Um, yeah. You should see the shit that's going on over here. Like that I'm seeing all this environmental stuff about the collective and mm. it's like Is this why you've have you read anything about this minutes, game? Even though we're on Discord, like I was wondering what you were doing. Oh, I was I was so engaged in like this all this environmental storytelling. I just yeah. you know, it's amazing. This this the graphics in this game. Like you you should you should come over. Jump jump into the portal that I just set up in the middle of town. Oh, you know that shit. fountain? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, jump, jump in. Like, like, just lit up. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, just- Whoa. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm coming. I yeah, think it's loading. Six- Hang on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It must be loading in the new chunks. Yeah. Okay. You're right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Look at the ray tracing. Oh, yeah. Where it looks fucking amazing. Why did they only turn on ray tracing in this part of the game? Because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> this, like- game, this is like a completely different game over here. Yeah. This is wild. What did you find? So- See, see here, this poster on the wall is talking about a collective. Okay. You know, be online on Tuesday. It's like, what's the collective? This, this must be what the game's all about. But I thought, uh, but I've set up this town. Who gives a shit about the fucking smoothly. town? We've got like 50 people relying on us there to provide them food and clean water and entertainment. they can do it all. Entertainment. Just, just let Larry, the, the tax accountant, do it all. I just set up um, a clown academy so that they've got entertainment. Yeah, but look, look at this. There's no, there's nobody here. I Where mean, do they all go? This, this is not even steampunk. This is, you know, there's crystal towers yeah, everywhere. Like I mean, look at the one over there. Utopian future, you know. Yeah. Um, um I mean, it was, can we use any of this stuff back in town? Uh, I did see something about like reading logs and like uploading, uploading your consciousness to the, to the collective. <gasps> that must be what they're talking about in the poster. Good connection building. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, I, yeah, I, 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 I guess the reason why I was so, so silent for the last 20 minutes is I was like, you just engrossed. Just ma- mouth agape. Mouth agape is at this beautiful. Graphics. I did notice you there in our little video overlay that you were just, I just thought you were like asleep or something. It was a bit weird sort of sitting there with your mouth open. Uh, I thought maybe you were just having that breathing problem again. Oh, oh. Did you see? Did you see that up in the corner? No, I missed the town. The town's just gone bankrupt. Oh, oh it doesn't matter fuck. anymore. We're, we're over here now, so we're, this this is our new town. Like everyone must be dead over there. Who cares? Like let's just not go back there. Let's let's deal with what sort this of wonderful thing. monster are you? They we they helped us get to this point, <laughs> yeah, and you're just callously declaring them all dead. They must be because it said. Um, Help, I can. I know. Help, I see it now. The you town. Know, Mary the baker is on fire or something. It must be. Oh, fuck. Did they put out all the fires? <sighs> all right. Well, I'm. I'm going back. You tell me how this ends because I need oh, to. Do fix you really want to go back there? This. Uh, that's my game. That's. I didn't. I didn't even know this whole part of the game was here. I was enjoying the city building. Oh, I'm loving this bit. This exploration part. That's fucking amazing. <gasps> oh my god. The reflections, oh. they just look fucking amazing. <laughs> okay, we could use we could use some some glass back in town. So I'm going to take that. You, you can't take my glass. 
I'm going to fight you for it. I want to see <laughs> the, but oh, no, they did, they there's didn't no open, friendly fire. They didn't open up friendly fire. No, sorry, I didn't turn that on when we started the game. Right, oh, scene. so it scene. sounded like it sounded like Barry and Gary were were playing two separate games, and that second game sounded great. I mean, I think that there's a something to be said for merging genres. I, I guess, I guess <laughs> Barry and Gary may have to, may have to turn up again the next time that we we have a multiplayer game, and we'll see what they think. We should have done voices. <laughs> we said we can tell. All right, yeah. You weren't um, doing a voice? I, I was playing a full character. <laughs> Gary had a backstory. He had a wife. I'm going to put a Darth Vader generator. Well, no, it's your edit, but put a Darth my Vader like, no, uh, Darth thing Vader. over my voice Fuck and it'll no. be- Maybe a pitch changer. Maybe. All right, I'll three see. to one click. Moving on. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of automation that you're asking me to do right now. Chopped novice. Prerequisite. Physiology. <laughs> okay. So, what, just chopped novice by itself brought me to like a um, a necromancer. <laughs> no, I was thinking more like a like in a kitchen, like okay. chef school or some sort. But then you said physiology. prerequisite physiology, which brought me to <laughs> to like you know Doctor Frankenstein chopping up right. We've never seen a Frankenstein game. That could be a bit of I mean, fun, I think we've bit come of grave robbing, things, and- but I do. We've we've, def- we've done something. We've done something with limbs that you definitely have done. But yes. All right, so that's fine. I'm I'm fine with a sort of Frankensteinian creating monsters from limbs. But what do we hmm. use them for? Do they fight each other like battle bots? <laughs> battle zombies. Do like that. I do mm. like battle zombies, but I think that you know, in the Frankenstein sort of way, that you know, he's he's trying to become, you know, a world-renowned scientist, mm-hmm. and he's realised that you know, human body and all that sort of stuff is just electrical impulses. So he thinks that if if he can harness the um the lightning, mm. he can reactivate. Dead flesh and, and yes. build a man. Yes. So his whole story is he and his and his trusty trusty friend Igor. Who's this could be a Frankenstein game. on this? Okay. Oh yeah, I'm I'm thinking you know real Frankenstein and and you know I'm kind of thinking maybe we can bring in a little bit of stuff, a little bit of something that you might like okay. in the fact that how does how does Frankenstein pay for his mansion? And all that sort of stuff. The odd jobs and stuff that he has to do on the side to, to like, keep this all all going. Um, and then you've got Can- Igor, who's going out and, and, you know, getting body parts and- Well, okay, because I was almost thinking uh, we we do roguelikes fairly often. Yes. But generally, the the main purpose of the roguelike is the actual run itself. And then it, you fail or whatever, and then you you just start a new one. What Are you is- thinking a roguelike in the way of you- the body the body parts that you can actually get at any one time are totally random and well, therefore no, I you're- mean I'm thinking I'm thinking that you do roguelike runs as Igor or Bigor or Seagor or Digor, depending on how many of them have died. Yep. Uh Igor goes out on the runs, you play that bit, you 
get body parts, you know, the further you get, maybe more rare, different body parts, rare body parts, different, you know, things. If you finish the run, you make it back successfully. Mm-hmm. But that's not the game. Like, that's sort of like one section of the game. Now it's like, okay, now I've got these body parts to play with. All right, build. Now I'm customizing this creature. Now I'm building the mansion, maybe, like, whatever it is. Like, it's almost like this is framing the roguelike runs, but yes. it's also an equal part of the game as well, is it? Sort okay. Of- I think that brought into a modern day setting. Yep. In the fact that. Dr. Frankenstein, it's now set in, like, you know, 2000s technology. In the yep. fact that he's got DNA sequences. He's got, you know, okay. access to these different things in the laboratory. He can actually now check when you bring in when you bring in body parts. He can sort of, you know, do some checking and go, oh, no. If we put this arm into our, into our um, mainly, you know, B-positive um, <laughs> built, yep. built character- uh, it's going to reject that like a 78% so, chance of rejection or something. Yeah. And, and it's I all about- I do like that idea of compatibility there. And then, as you're going through, as you're going through, you know, depending on- Eagle may have a really bad night of, as he bu- as he pulls back all these bodies, you know, the only ones that he could sort of find were, were ones from the morgue, from that, um, you know, from the local hospital. But they were all, you know, AB negative. And all right, what if it's what if it's what if the sort of loop is, and in in a way this does focus it a little bit more on the roguelike runs, I guess. But what if it starts with Eagle? You do start with Eagle, and he's yeah pretty frail, and he's yes. got his like bad posture, and he can't mm. do much, but he can he can dig really well. So he comes, you know, you often you start and you're probably getting bodies from graveyards and stuff. Yeah, if Eagle dies. Your only chance is to create a new person from the parts that you've done. So essentially, you're cr- you're creating person after p- like creature after creature to replace Igor, and then it's that creature that's going out to find parts. But they're going to have different skills based on the parts you built them out of. It, is it different Igors, or things. is it one of those things of you're replacing parts on Igor? And it's one of those things of if you replace Maybe. all the parts on Igor, is he Still eagle? It's like a ship of Theseus thing. Yeah, ship of Theseus uh, thing. Like if you've replaced every <laughs> single thing, including the head, yeah, is it still eagle? Okay, it, I, I like that. I like that. That's, that's asking a pretty good question there. So I see. Okay, in that case, then yes, it's it's always eagle. If you fail a run, then eagle loses a body part or something like loses a limb. It it, it depends on how how angry the. The gravekeepers are, you know, or the, well, the gravediggers uh, yeah. and that I, sort I mean, of stuff. I mean, I think or- just from a general sense, though, like, as a, there needs to be a penalty. So, like, for failing can, a run, yeah, for failing a run, and so then you do have to choose from your, you know, stack of limbs that you've gathered thus far to be like, oh shit, we need to replace that left arm. Mm, what okay, happens if they weren't on, on ice? This, like, super high. Like, if if you don't cool them down, like if if you you know, haven't sprung for the for like the the refrigerator chest on the back of his his wagon or whatever. Like yeah. you're you're in like a um I'm thinking of I am bread sort of situation that if they touch the ground you you get a little <laughs> bit of percentage off okay. and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But it's like the longer that it's out of you know out in the air, the more that it's that feels to me more like a as you build up your facilities back in the mansion or back in the lab that. 
you get refrigeration. Like, so it could be Eagle's gone on a run, failed, comes back missing one limb, and you're like, okay, we need to replace this limb. We do have some, but they, because we don't have refrigeration, like they're all at like 20, you know, 20% fresh rating or whatever left. And so yep. they're, they're going to be they're, either, they're, either they're, they're certified be rotten on rotten tomatoes. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to be either, uh, weaker to use or like, so your, your HP is going to be lower or your, or your damage is going to be lower. Or however, you're, you're easier to detect like. from the smell. Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on how many mechanics we're bringing into the roguelike. We haven't really talked about what the roguelike aspects are. Um, but whatever that is, yes, I, I feel like there's definitely a lot of mechanics we can play with them both on the sort of character creation side and then the actual roguelike runs. Okay. I think one of the things in preparation for, for a roguelike run mm. is you go down to the shops and buy a newspaper and start looking through the obits. Okay. And you're looking for funerals that happened today. Right. Because you're just looking for fresh bodies. Because you're looking for fresh corpses or an accident that, that you may happen to see. And it's like, oh, all these people are, are housed in this in this hospital, blah, 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 yes. blah, blah. And obviously, hospitals have a lot more security. Yes. Or morgues have a lot more security. And therefore, it's a lot riskier. And it, it sort of adds into the stealth gameplay there and, and all that sort of stuff of- you may be able to get in, but can you get out? Let's talk about what sort of gameplay these roguelikes are. Because I was, I was somewhat thinking like a 2D- I'm thinking like a Diablo-esque, you know, isometric oh, okay. sort of view. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how you I want- I mean, they're technically the different- on a 2D plane, so it's still- No, no, no I know, know, but it's different gameplay. I guess it depends on how then you want the different limbs to sort of affect things. Because I'm, I'm sort of thinking to give them enough enemies, are we set? Is this a world essentially where, or at least in this town, it's known that if you don't secure your dead bodies, then fucking Dr. Frankenstein's going to take them. No, because I don't think, I don't think people know about Dr. Frankenstein yet until he publishes his, his. Alright, but then my point is there needs to be a reason. Like, what's the reason for you to have enough minions to come up against, right? Like, you're not just killing random people to get these bodies or doing the whatever. M- the more that you steal bodies, the more that, you know, it's known in the newspapers. Like, as you buy the newspapers each day to look in the obits, it's like yeah. on the front page, it's like the grave robbing bandits have struck again, you know, stealing 13 bodies from the local from the local cemetery. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Because then you can up the difficulty as you go, basically. Yeah. And, and your run is pretty much- how many nights in a row can you get away with stealing bodies and can you differ them enough so that they're no longer protecting necessarily the- Oh, you got all the cops around the graveyard and so therefore they've left the, the hospital open. Or you see in, in the um, in the newspaper, brand new graveyard opening tonight, 13 <laughs> bodies, <laughs> like, being buried right now. But they put up huge fences yeah. uh, and you can huge only fences get in from and- the top. Like I'm, I'm picturing like in this particular graveyard, there's lots of fake gravestones because you never you can't see a, start a new graveyard. You can't start a new graveyard just, have just like as one there's like a Windows there. XP field, you know, a green yeah. fields and all that sort of stuff. They've got to have tombstones there. So yeah, but then it becomes like a you know whack a mole, no, not a whack a mole, but like figuring out which are the real and which are the fake tombstones. You don't want to spend too much time there. You'll get busted. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look. That, it's all about working out which of the tombstones are actually made of concrete and which ones are made of polystyrene. Yeah, so you just go around and start trying to smash them all. No, you just you just 
squeeze them a little bit and you, you hear you the squeak squeak them. and you go, no, that's that's not a real one. You just go around with a leaf blower. <laughs> <laughs> they just all go flying off. <laughs> um, or just like a hot knife. <laughs> <laughs> like a hot knife through like polystyrene. A hot, like a hot knife through a headstone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet one, Cliff. I think we've got time for, for one more yes. tonight. Unbelievable vehicle. Transformed girlfriend. Okay. Is this a girlfriend <laughs> who can transform into a vehicle? <laughs> Transformers in this world. in uh, disguise. Yeah, basically, uh, you find out that um, the new car that you picked up and the new girlfriend that, you know, you, you happen like to meet- each other. They don't like each other and they're never seen in the same room because oh, they are just- one and the same. <laughs> Wait, so you- Okay, I don't- I want to be careful here about um, ownership because if you buy a car and it turns out to be a girlfriend, then that's going to be- have some weird problematic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you- <laughs> I mean, there's already problems with that in Transformers in general, but it makes it worse <laughs> when it's a woman. Uh, so, do you meet- So, you, you, you get a new car- Yes. And then, like, the next day you meet this girl, basically, who you've yes. never met before. And eventually- You're together find- for a small amount of time. Yeah. Prologue, you're together. You find out that she's actually the vehicle that you that you currently so you have. you find out very quickly. You find out early on. I mean, I guess, break up. I guess she probably has to tell you- You when, break like, whenever up. Whenever you try to drive her somewhere mm. and you're like, my fucking car's been stolen again. She's sick of going to the police station. Yeah. Um, so, she actually breaks up with you. And okay. the rest of the game is all about your girlfriend's having a relationship with someone else, but it's also f- your car. So with a therefore- fucking Tesla. I cannot believe she broke up with me and hooked up with a Tesla. Yeah. Are you saying it's your car, though? It's still your car. Like it's the you- replacement car that you bought. Well, I'm thinking, all- that, I'm thinking that you still drive the same car, like- <laughs> Wait, you're still driving her- You're still driving her, but you're just not- You're, oh, you're friends. That's- <laughs> You're just friends. And you're she's like, I've got a date Tesla. tonight. She's like, well, I've got a date tonight, so I can't drive you. Or you and, can't and drive me. And it's a whole the odd couple thing of- This, this feels very much like what would be in a dating sim where, like- you're dating cars that are actually people in a very kind of boyfriend boyfriend or boyfriend (laughs) dungeon sort of way. Um, (laughs) Vehicular girlfriend or whatever. I'm I'm seeing this as girlfriend garage. (laughs) Girlfriend garage. Oh, boy. It really is more problematic when you have it with women, though. I mean, that's just unfortunately (laughs) the history of fucking patriarchy, but- Girlfriend Garage. Yeah. All right. I'm, you know what? We're going to leave it on Girlfriend Garage. Let's do one more because yep. I don't actually want to <laughs> delve that into that any further. Um, no. Surrounding limb. Identifying ID. <laughs> Identifying ID. Thanks, random word generator. <laughs> Jesus. Redundant much. All right. So you you find this you find this hand. Well, no, because I'm I'm wondering is this some sort of world where you've got no? Let's not go there. Okay, go you go. You find this hand hmm. a, on a attached limb. to a limb, yeah. Yeah. attached to a limb, and the only identifying marks is a tattoo and fingerprints. Okay, and you're trying to find out who this limb belongs to. Okay, is this a serious game or a jokey game? And a jokey bear in game. mind, bear in mind this. 
leads directly to how much physics we put on that limb. <laughs> Jokey. Jokey game. Okay. So, you're definitely just flapping this arm around. Is it like elbow down? Shoulder yeah, I, down? I, oh, I kind of- I do like the shoulder, shoulder because that adds a little bit more joint. IK. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I like the fact that you're very expressive when talking with the limb and it's sort of flopping around everywhere. It's just sort of like, do you know who owns this limb? <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Can it be in you know, like a Nintendo esque kind of? Uh, I feel like this is this is a, almost a uh, like a Banjo Kazooie or a Mario sixty four style platformer. Then, where <laughs> because that I'm just sort of thinking of the gesticulations as they're talking to each other in like a. And it's coming up with like, yeah, I found this arm. <laughs> it's starting to stink. Do you know who it might belong to? <laughs> and then uh, there are mechanics around the arm for like reaching things and yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't think it stinks. I, I think, no. I think it's it's an arm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's an arm, and you like this is set over one day. So, like, it's over the same day. It's not going to stink in a day. Okay. Um, it may leave a little bit of a blood trail here or there, but, you know, you could have some comedic spoils in the- constantly bumping like, out blood. Some comedic stuff in the background of people slipping over and, like, getting blood all over the- Well, I think it, that could actually be a really good mechanic of, you know, you've been in this direction because the blood trail- Yeah. From this arm is Have still- I been to this police station? Yes, I have. There's a big pile- of, a big it's pool of blood. Just a pool of blood. The, um, the windows are smeared. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm imagining that you go in there to, like, to the police officer and say, um, look, I found this arm and I, I need to identify it. And it's like, oh, unfortunately, our, our, um, fingerprint scanner is on the fritz. Yeah. If you can, if you can go find you can Professor, new- yeah, oh, Professor yeah. Hawkey, uh, he can, he can come down and he can actually fix it for us. Uh, so hawk? you go off on a fetch quest of, of doing that. And while you're out and about, you know, you can, you well, can- then someone recognises the tattoo while you're out or something. And they're mm. like, "Yeah, oh, you know, it's the the guy who dropped off my fridge last week had a tattoo like that. I think he worked at such and such company. Yeah. And then you go down there and he goes, oh, no, he's just over there. And he, right. he's waving in the background would- and he's got two arms. And it's like, oh, but- <laughs> He's waving um, with both arms in the background. Yeah. Uh, but, you know- this this is a well known tattoo. Like this is done by the tattoo artist, you know. Yeah, um, who lives on top of the giant hill over <laughs> over yonder. Yeah. And um, in order to get to him, you need to actually make sure that you get uh, you you collect all uh, twenty five pieces of the poster uh, that are scattered around the warehouse. <laughs> it's not the pieces <laughs> of the poster. It's it, the, he's put up those forms with a like tear one off. With the number, yep. but he, yep. but but there's a different part of the number on every one, so you have to collect them all. <laughs> yeah, so so you're now running around, running around, collecting all the bi- all the little bits of paper from. Yep. Uh, some some have, people have got them. Some they go, oh, I I was in the bathroom and um, that's the last time I remember seeing it. And you go there and it's like, you know, it's it's that typical thing of it's floating and turning, and it's larger than life. You know, oh, so, yeah. so yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's big like and it's got up. particles coming off and yeah. all this sort of shit. Yeah. It's a platformer um, pickup. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And then when you, then <laughs> like, I'm imagining this massive pickup that's like the size of you. But then when you pick it up, it's like this tiny little piece of paper. Yeah, it shrinks <laughs> down into your hand. Yeah. 
and and you just sort of collect them all in the hand of, of the of the limb. And so the end game of it, like once you finally find, you track them down, they're like. They went off on a fucking voyage somewhere and you need to go to where they were and you eventually find them and- They'll be next like, door neighbor. They'll be <laughs> next door neighbor. No, but I'm thinking they're just like, ah, oh, that's- I knew I was missing something. It's been so hard for me to drive lately. All right, thanks. Can I have that back? And then he just like reattaches it. Uh, and all's good in the world. Yeah. It, it's It's a- it's a fun, stupid platformer that involves a lot of blood and guts and a lot of slapstick in the background of people yeah. slipping over and blood. A lot of slap and- hand in the foreground. Oh, you're talking Jim- to someone and you slap him in the face with a hand and then you go into the whole jewel scene um, <laughs> and, you know, you're walking away from each other in this drawer and you, you pull I out- I challenge the- thee. Whoop. You pull out the limb and it's got a gun attached and it fires <laughs> off the gun because you happen to pull pull the right tendon and it's like- <laughs> Yep. I love it. All right. I think we're going to leave it on that note. If you want to find us online, uh, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. We've got all of our previous episodes up there to listen to and uh, shoot us a review. Let us know what you thought and uh, whether we, I don't know, missed some obvious ideas for some of these words. Tell us what you would have done. Uh, with Tell the Tell us what you think of tonight. brand new graveyards. What, yeah. what would be in a brand new graveyard? <laughs> You tell us. Uh, if you would like to hear more music like our start and end song, you can check out Kuradas and their album Containment Failure. And the song that we use is Mount Defiance, which is the last one on the album. It's an instrumental that Ben didn't have anything to do with. <laughs> That's why you go and listen to the other tracks. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And you are hereby exiled from our town. Stab. I'll get you next time. 